Every one of us is waiting for something. We wait for the unanswered prayer, the apology, the relationship to be restored, for the grief to pass, for the wedding day to arrive, the promotion to be given, the family, the baby, the breakthrough, we wait. But maybe instead of focusing only on the desired outcome, we take a deep dive into the purpose and value of our waiting seasons. We can either wait only looking ahead or we can embrace all that there is for us now. It is in the embracing we discover not only a different side to ourselves, but also different aspects of God. In this episode of Keep It 100, we're talking about going deeper in the waiting and bypassing the shallow waters of instant gratification, as well as having an interview with powerful worship leader china kumar welcome to keep it 100 podcast with sean and krista smith join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight your real inspiration this podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance but revelation to forever change lives Hello, how are you doing, everybody? Just kidding. Hey, <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome, fam, to the new episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista. We're so excited to be with you guys this week. I had to open up and just goof around a little bit. <laughs> it was great. Hey, I didn't even know you were going to do that. No, that you perfect. didn't, right? I'm just messing around. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we're super excited about this episode because we're continuing this theme on waiting, and we're continuing the dialogue around Krista's new book that we're going to talk about in a moment that's going to be released like surprise, I'll tell you in a moment. But in the meantime, we want to give you some ministry updates. Krista and I were on the East Coast, East Coast, and y'all, we were in Bowie, Maryland. It was an awesome time. We did a women's conference together, which is so fun because I love it when Sean and I do women's conferences together because I love what my husband carries for women. And it was just a powerful time. We saw salvations. We saw deliverance. We saw people encountering the Lord. And we really saw an unlocking in the women. You know, we have been in such interesting seasons and times. So it was one of their first women's gathering since 2018. And so for us to be able to come together and just that anointing on a corporate level, it was powerful. Oh man, there were about probably about 400 different women that were there. And Krista, you brought such profound words. Uh, Women really connect with you, connect with your heart. You prophesied, released stuff. There was women that were saved, as my wife said, touch, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I always enjoy doing women's conferences. I would just go to support you, honestly, boo. But it's awesome that they gave me a session and I was able to talk to them about uh, Hannah and just uh, getting ready to birth your movement and just some great leaders over there, pastors Mark and Dee. We sure love them and appreciate them. And uh, we didn't get a chance to go to one of our favorite eating spots over there. (laughs) We did not. Shout out to Homemade, Baltimore area. And their shrimp grits, oh my God, it will give you a vision of God. But also over this past weekend, we had another incredible ministry highlight. We were in Redding, California at the Bethel Young Saints Conference. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And I just love the word you brought, Sean. I mean, it was such a powerful word on identity. And what I loved is you really shared a lot about your story in a way that it's not the common way you share it. And it was just so powerful because I think it's so connected with so many kids that are born into single parent homes, homes where there's addiction, homes where there's dysfunction. And here they are watching you move powerfully, this amazing man of God. And they're seeing the story you came from, the family you're born into and all this stuff and seeing God use you powerfully. It's such a beautiful picture of what one encounter with Jesus does in your life. You know, I really appreciate that. And you know, for those of you that are listening here, Keep It 100 Tribe, really the gist of this identity message is you can't be empowered to redefine culture if you've empowered culture to redefine you. That The the whole purpose and understanding is you understanding God's identification leads to heaven's manifestation through you. But back to what Krista was saying, I, I really just shared a lot of my testimony, some things that I don't normally open up. But we had young adults. Uh, they had packed it out. They also had overflow. They 
also had online at multiple nations, Malaysia, the Philippines, UK, uh, all over the map. People were watching and we give a shout out to just the phenomenal leaders, Tom and Leslie Crandall for how they're leading young saints. And right at the end, boo, you jump over the altar, begin to direct young adults towards deliverance. And we saw God deliver so many young people. It was powerful. Well, and it was powerful because you had led them in a time of response and giving their life to Jesus for the first time or rededication. And I believe there were, they said there was like a thousand or 1200 young adults there between the sanctuary and the overflow room. And there was also beyond that number, a bunch watching online as Sean shared. It was just incredible. But he invited them and there was probably 200 plus kids that responded to this altar response of giving their life to Jesus again, first time of rededication. And it was amazing. So then after that, um, Sean had felt that we were supposed to move in the direction of deliverance, which we love and we're seeing so much of it and just so encouraged by just the power of God and one encounter with Jesus, these students are never going to be the same. And we saw that last night. You know, we saw the prophetic ministry just encounter people. We saw deliverance set people free. Uh, we saw we, words of knowledge were released for healing. People got healed. I mean, it was just a powerful time. And what's so cool about this is it was night one of a conference. Usually nights like that are like the final night. And what I love, it's like, that's where they were starting. It really is powerful. And then of course, to know that it was going to be picked up in the next session by Havala. She always oh, does a great amazing. job. And then Tom was going to close yeah. it out. We have an exciting announcement. Drum roll, please. Boom, 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 boom. Today, Krista's book is released. What? Singled out in a couple's world this very date. It is going to be amazing. You need to get your hands on it. Right now, it's available for purchase at www.seanandkristasmith.com. You can go to Amazon. Uh, you can download it. Uh, paperback, ebook available, Kindle. It is incredible. Talk to us about it, Krista. I know. I can't believe the day's actually here. It kind of felt like a wedding. You know, there's been so much hard work, preparation, details, planning, all the things, you know, for this moment. And here we are. And it feels so good for it to be fully out there. And now I pray that as people order it, receive it, it really blesses them. The whole intention, which I've shared about this book, is to really give people hope. Also to create some verbiage for maybe uh, the difficulty they've had in articulating where they're at in their process. Because I think a lot of times we can feel a certain way, but when you feel alone in the journey, it's hard to articulate it. So when someone else who's been through it can articulate it and speak to it, you're like, yes, that's it. And then I can give you some truth, some revelation that the Lord showed me in that exact place in hopes it helps you in your place. And so, you know, Sean is so gracious. He's like, no, I want to take a couple of episodes on the Keep It 100, and I want you to kind of break down the truth on a Reader Digest version, because I want you to actually get the entire truth unpacked. I want to encourage you to get my book, because it's going to do the full version of the truth that I'm talking about in the last episode, as well as this episode. But I shared this before, and Sean, you know this, I never necessarily wanted to be an expert in the area of waiting. And I jo I, I say that statement really tongue in cheek, because I don't I don't think I'm an expert, right? I think there's probably a people that are much more seasoned and mature in it. But in this, in this one area, right, in the area of singleness and waiting for God's best and waiting for my husband and my spouse in that area specifically, I definitely feel like I was an, uh, an, an unknowing going to be an expert, right? I was an unassuming expert, maybe is the best way to say it. And here I am, never planning on writing a book, but realizing there's so many people that have walked my story and their story is a little bit different, but they have waited and they are still waiting. And there's people that are like, what do I do in the midst of the waiting? I wanted to bring a manual, a guidebook, a strategy uh, to people and also fuel them with the grace and the understanding that God is writing your story and it's actually beautiful and amazing, but having 
to trust him in that process. A couple things before we dive into that interview we talked about with one of my dearest friends, Gina. She's amazing. And we're going to talk about her in just a moment. But before we dive into that interview, I want to take some time and just break down just some things that were on my mind that I want to talk to the tribe on the day that my book is actually being released. And I wanted to come back to that place of just really the purpose in the heart of why God allows us to wait. Uh, Because I believe sometimes we can look at our lives and go, oh my gosh, God, I've done so much waiting. Have I done something wrong? And I want to encourage for those of you that have felt that, wondered that, had that question come across your heart and your mind, I want to tell you, I want you to consider the fact that you haven't done something wrong. But what about you being smack dab in the middle of God's will? I know that in my own journey of waiting 19 years, baby, you know my story, 19 years of waiting for my husband, there were moments and times where I found myself, have I missed it? That question went through my heart. There, Just privately, quietly, there were times where I'm like, did I miss it? And in, and is it ever going to happen for me? And I found myself having a choice every day within that journey. And maybe some days it was more prevalent than other days. It wasn't like every day this was like a looming question, but rather there were just moments and instances where I found my heart being assured from God that I was smack dab in the middle of his will, even though it looked delayed in the natural. And you might be listening today and you might be exactly that waiting for your spouse, but you might be listening today and you're waiting for the baby. You're waiting for the promotion. You're waiting for the financial breakthrough. You're waiting for the recognition in your church to be released as a leader to live out the dream in your heart that you believe God has put in it. You're waiting for the reconciliation of your estranged child who's walked away from God, but you raised them in the house of God. You're waiting for the healing to come in your life. You're waiting for that cycle to be broken. You know, we're all waiting for something. And so my whole thing, and I shared this in the introduction, is I want to bypass the shallow waters of instant gratification, and I want us to do a deep dive into the waters of waiting. And why I think that's so important is because it's the waters of depth, the deep waters of waiting that have really created in me a confidence of who God is in my life. In the waiting, friends, I have discovered the power and sovereignty of God's timing. Did you know that your life is intertwined with other people's lives? Therefore, the timing over your life is often connected with the timing over other people's life. Wouldn't you say, Sean, that's true of you and I's story? Absolutely. I think it's true of our story, but I think it's even true of our Savior. Sometimes I think we forget Mm. Jesus waited 30 years before he started in ministry. When we read the Gospels, we're looking at Jesus from 30 to 33 and a half. So he waited 30 years of pretty much development. I think as Chris is talking about waiting, I think we have to shift our perspective from seeing waiting as just a delay into seeing waiting as a development. Mm. It's not just simply about a delay. Nobody wants to be delayed. You're sitting there, somebody's supposed to be at a certain time. They didn't They didn't show up. Well, we can liken that to our opportunities, doors opening, the promise that we think we should have, the recognition, being seen, being married, all the things that uh, having a baby, all the things that Krista described. But don't think of waiting as simply the delay. Think of it as your development. Baby, that's profound because the development that is created in the waiting is priceless. And some of the things that I have found, and I would love for you to even speak to this, Sean, some of the things that I have found in my life that I discovered in the waiting was understanding the power of the hiddenness. Now, so many times we talk about, you know, hidden seasons of God. I went through what felt like 19 years of hiddenness. It wasn't until right before God brought Sean into my life, friends, that all of a sudden, 
sudden that veil that I had felt so covered in, I literally didn't really feel seen uh, by men specifically, because I'm talking specifically in the vein of believing for my husband, but you can apply this truth across the board to whatever you're waiting for. So I don't want you just to narrow it down so much you don't think it applies to you. I think it can apply to any sphere of your life. But for me, it's like there was just this veil of covering. I felt the protection of the Lord over me and it developed within me an embracing and a trusting of God that if he did not see it, it being my timing, if he did not see that he that it was in my best interest or that the fullness of his glory would be manifested through my life, then I said, then Lord, don't lift the veil. That I actually want to stay in the hidden place until you release me. And I believe that the hiddenness, the waiting, right, where you don't sometimes feel seen. For some of you, you've been in this like, I, I felt like when I was praying for this episode, there were some on a professional level in your work, you're like, they don't even see me for the promotion. It's because a better promotion's coming. It's because the best isn't ready yet for you. And God is in orchestrating, only like God can do, a greater narrative, a greater promise. And this isn't hype. I really believe I waited for the best, but it took a journey of the, of the waiting because my story was bigger than me. Your story is bigger than you. My That's story so included Sean. It includes my incredible stepchildren. It included our families, our lives. It included everything. And there is a lining that God does in his sovereign timing that we must embrace. We live in such a seduction in the culture of instant gratification. And you spoke to the word delay. And I've preached this before when I've talked about things being resurrected, that delay is not denial. And that we have to understand just because that we view something as a delay, which actually I want us to change that verbiage. It's not a delay. It's waiting on the perfect timing of the Lord. And I do believe there is the perfect timing of the Lord. I believe that there is a trust and a surrender that isn't giving up. I say that word surrender and people are like, Krista, do I give up? No, no. I Surrender is trusting God with the timing. Surrender is saying, God, I'm still believing for the promise. I'm still believing for that breakthrough. I know you can do it because I know who you are, but I'm trusting you with the process. That right there, that is a lifetime truth. That's the kind of thing that you want to say to your younger self if you're older. I love those things that you're saying. And I love the fact that you're just bringing purpose because I've always felt if you have a big enough why, W-H-Y, you can do any what. I love that. You know, really talking about just again, hitting back that hiddenness. You know, I was reminded here is Sarah wanting a child. And she is by this point, 90 years old when she actually becomes pregnant. But we have to rewind that story to understand the significance of her waiting. She had a promise within her. She carried a promise, a desire, a belief, a prayer for a child. But as the years passed, she let the promise go. The Lord then brings a prophetic word reminding Sarah of that promise to be a mother. And here she steps into it, not even believing it, tries to make it happen because she's like, it's unfathomable. I'm biologically past it. It's totally impossible. But God's like, but if I ordained it, then it will happen. And I just believe sometimes we have to get beyond the timeline and the natural circumstances in which we deem as the requirements for the miracle to manifest. And God is saying, am I not the author of time? Am I not the one that has written the story? Have I not created the clock of your life, so to speak? Have I not ordained the events that you're going to walk out? And as we say yes to the Isaacs of our life that don't always come with that instant gratification, I got to say the Isaacs, the promises of God in my life have not been instant. They have been the things that I've waited for. Is that a requirement? Of course not. God is not boxed. There's not a formula to it. But I do simply want to put on the table for consideration 
consideration. Just because it has not come quickly doesn't mean it's not going to come. Just because it hasn't come easily doesn't mean God is not in the process of bringing it to you. I think it's so important that in the waiting, we don't pull a Sarah and an Abraham, which is, oh, but God, you prophesied it. Now I'm going to make it happen. And that's where Ishmael came into the equation. And it caused a whole mess of things. It caused a disruption in the home. It caused a tension in the family. And can God use all things? Yes. Can he redeem all things? Absolutely. But I believe we can avoid some messes. We can avoid some unnecessary pain when we actually just allow God to continue to keep the pen in his hand writing our stories. I want you to know in the waiting, when the breakthrough does come, just like when God brought Sean to me, there was such a confidence I had in our marriage. I had a confidence in the union God had created. There was a confidence in me knowing, God, if you brought us together and he was so intentional about it, I understood that no matter what came our way, there was a an anchor point within Sean and I because we saw God write our story. There was such a blessing of our union. Even on our wedding day, when I spoke the vows, literally when I spoke my vows to Sean, it's one of my favorite moments on our wedding day, literally clouds parted and the sun shined on my face. I literally felt such a weighty presence of God. It was like God was kissing me in that moment. Like, daughter, you waited. He, I'm blessing this. As you're listening today, and as we just begin to shift into a powerful interview, a powerful conversation, I want you to recognize God is in the waiting. Do not rush the process because God wants to do a deep work within you because it's the depth of the waiting that literally sets you up to steward your blessing. I love what you're saying, Boo, in the sense that you're saying, I want my Isaac. I don't want an Ishmael. Hey, Keep Your 100 Tribe, super excited. A great friend of ours, China Kumar. By the way, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, China. Happy birthday. China is a, seriously, she is a laid down lover of Jesus. She's a worship leader, songwriter. She has a CD, a worship CD out. She's a speaker and a fashion stylist. Uh, literally, her worship sound releases breakthrough and intimacy with Jesus. She is truly an atmosphere shaper. She's also an entrepreneur. She works as a personal fashion stylist. And really, she has a desire to empower women to let their true beauty shine. And she is one of our best friends. So right now, let's go into this interview with China and Krista. Hey, keep it 100 tribe. Krista Smith coming at you today. So excited for the episode. We are doing part two of going deeper in the waiting, but I got a special guest for you today. Get ready. Keep it 100 tribe. She's a powerhouse in the spirit and one of my favorite human beings. Her name is China Kumar. Hey everyone. So great to be here with you all today. Come on. I got to give you a little bit of history of China and I's friendship. We have known each other since 2003, yep. right? And you were a student in the school of ministry that I was running here in the Bay area. And she was a student for a short time with me, just about a year. But in that one year, we became great friends. And we have just remained great friends. We've even been hired on staff at other churches out of state together. Yeah. And they ended up moving back to the Bay. You were already here. And then I ended up marrying Sean and moving back to the Bay. We've just ended up, our lives have just been really in sync with one another. Uh, but another way that they've been in sync is you and I have both waited on God to write our story specifically in the area area of marriage. Absolutely. Right? And so I wanted to invite you to this part two of going deeper in the waiting because of how you've walked it. And I just want Sean and I's listeners on the Keep It 100 Tribe, they're amazing. And I want them to recognize, you know, there's going to be voices that we bring on that really carry a depth in Jesus. And we've walked the journey with Gina. And what's really cool is you knew Sean uh, independently before I married Sean. He came and ministered at Chi Alpha, a college ministry that you were involved in with the college you went to the university you attended, and you really got impacted through that ministry.
ministry. That's right. I mean, his ministry changed my life. I mean, very pivotal moments with the Lord happened when he was ministering. So very powerful. Yeah. You know, you're one of my best friends. Chino was a bridesmaid in Sean and I's wedding. Yeah. And she's just one of my girls. So when Sean and I were just brainstorming, we're like, hey, who would be great for part two? I instantly was like, Chena. Like, because you've walked this so well. And I want to dive in because I want people to hear your story. And I've invited you because I know your story. I know what waiting has looked like in your life. I know the character and the integrity. I know your dependence on Jesus. But our listeners don't. So I'd love for you to take a moment, Chena, and just briefly share what has the story, because we're talking about going deeper in the waiting, but I want people to know what is your waiting look like in your life? Yeah. Well, first of all, Krista, it's such an honor to be here. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. And it's just been your journey, your walk with the Lord in your journey of singleness has truly impacted my life. You have walked it out so beautifully and with integrity and purity as well. And so I know that how you walked it has been an inspiration to me. And so I am turning 42 this month. And yes, I am still single. And my last relationship was actually when I was 27. So it's been about 16 years since I have been in a relationship. And it was at the end of that relationship where I got down on my knees, cried out to the Lord. And I said, God, I want you to be my sole focus. And would you keep my eyes and my heart fixed on you solely? And then only keep my eyes for the man that you have for me. Amen. And so it was a commitment to the Lord that I'm going to wait for your best. Mm. And in the waiting, I'm going to continue to just seek your face, God. Huge. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because in those 16 years, right, Mm -hmm. when we've walked it, you know, I walked 20 years, you walked 16. It doesn't matter really the numerical number. Right. It's the posture of the heart. That's not easy. No. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a choice. Again and again, you're making that choice to stay true to that prayer you prayed, right? Right. It's you've had to again and again, just say, okay, God, I prayed that. Now I'm going to walk it out. And even when it's hard, I'm going to walk it out. What have been some of those anchor points in you being able to sustain that prayer being lived out in your life? Like what are the anchor points for you to walk out 16 years and saying, Jesus, I'm keeping my eyes solely on you? Yeah. The main key for helping me through this journey has been intimacy with the Mm. Lord. It's been cultivating the secret place. It's been prioritizing his presence. And really, uh, he is my source. He is my everything. He is the one who's perfect love. He alone is the one who satisfies. And so really taking that space and time to get to know him more, know his voice, um, not focus on the mountain of singleness, but focusing on his face, my beloved. And so that has really been key. And also it's been a key to keeping me in a place of contentment in my singleness. Mm, Say that, Gina. Break that down (laughs) because that's so good. Yeah, because again, the Lord is the only one who can fulfill and satisfy and meet every need. And it's in that place of intimacy that I see that I realize that he is my soul sufficiency. And so in that place, I know that I can be content with him. Jesus is enough. Oh, that is so good. I'm giving her a thumbs up. You don't even <laughs> see me because this is just the audio. But I'm giving Chinas a thumbs up because I'm like, yes, girl, go. That is so good. Now, I would love for you for our listeners to because they're hearing that they're hearing the intimacy, but they're like, how? What does that look like? How have you practically cultivated intimacy in your life? Yeah, it's definitely an intentional setting aside time for sure. But it's also a continual turning towards him, right? So even when you're busy and you're in the midst 
midst of doing things, it's this inward turning to him, turning my affection, turning my gaze to him, spending time in his presence, closing the door, turning down the noise of the world. I mean, we got to shut that down. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Staying off of social media at times, you know, just learning how to quiet down the noise. And so I can lean in and hear his voice. I love that. That's so good. I know for me, I really connect with God in worship. And so do you. Yes. Tina is an amazing worship leader, which we'll talk about later. But worship is such a place of connection for me that I have found myself when I faced hard news or a bad report or challenging circumstances. One of my go-to defaults within me settings is worship. I would love for you to speak to what are kind of those natural go-to defaults within you of how that's looked like in your life of just connecting and what you said really beautifully, turning toward God, leaning into God. What does that What does that look like? Yeah, it's that coming to a place of adoration of Him and reminding myself who He is. Um, I will meditate on the names of God. I will meditate on the greatness of who He is. I will meditate on His faithfulness. I will be still in moments and just think upon Him to remind myself who He is in my life. Mm. And it keeps me sweet in the Spirit. It keeps me from getting bitter. It keeps me from complaining. It keeps me in a place of thankfulness, gratefulness. I love that. That's so good. And it's true. When we meditate on who God is, what He's already done, His promises, His purpose over our life, it keeps us really in a set place of, you're right, our attention and our affection on Jesus. You're like, gosh, you're so good. You're so faithful. Look at what you've done. Look at who you are. And I love that statement, that sweetness in the Spirit. Keep us sweet in the Spirit. That's always been one of my personal prayers, you know, of just, Lord, keep me sweet, you know, because in a world that is not very sweet. Let us be a contrast. You know, that's amazing. In 16 years of waiting, you're about to turn 42, which I'm so excited to celebrate with you. 42 is a great age. It's an awesome age. I love 40s. I really do. What have been some of the challenges that you faced? What have been some of the um, obstacles that have presented themselves in the 16 years of waiting? Yeah, I would feel that one of the biggest challenges has been comparing the timeline because, okay, I am turning 42 and seeing others that are getting married and building their lives and 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds. And I've had to, you know, not internalize, okay, God, what's wrong with me? Why is this not happening for me? And comparing the timeline, the story, all of that, right? It's been really coming to a place of understanding there's value in my story. There's value in my process. There's value in their story. There's value in their process. God knows them intimately. God knows me intimately. So it's not that comparison of why them, not me. It's a celebration of just the story in them and the story in me and that God has me and God has them. And so turning to an attitude of gratefulness and not comparison. That's so good. And I think what you're hitting on with that, Chena, is what majority of people struggle with. That comparison thing is so real. I know for me, um, when that thing try to, tries to cre- creep in, Sean and I will be you know, mentoring or pouring into or doing premarital with a young 20-something couple. And I'll notice the enemy will kind of float in this thought, right? Of like, you know, you 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 didn't get those 20s with Sean, you know, you didn't get 30s. And you can almost be like, oh, and I'm quickly reminded by the Lord, though, that for my story, Sean's getting a much better woman now than if we would have got me in my 20s. That's right. Not to demean myself or put myself down, but I just felt like we are getting for Sean and I's story, a be- the best version of ourselves is at this age. And so I'm so grateful because there's such a depth and a sweetness and a, and a connection in Sean and I's that goes well beyond the six years we've been married, yeah. right? It feels like we've 
we've been married 20 something years because there's such a depth and there's such a sweetness in our marriage that I don't I don't know if we would have hit that place had we, you know, maybe had to go through all our stuff together in our 20s per se. And it's not, it's okay if people do have to go through their 20s right. stuff, right? Yep. There's nothing wrong with that being your story. That's but right. I feel like for me, the Lord always whispers, but Sean got you at your best. And yeah. I think, yeah, I love that. You know, I it's like, it. it's not putting down someone else's story, but it's just recognizing the uniqueness of your own. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I just think that's, that's pretty amazing that God has a different story for every single person and us finding that sweet spot, right? Of being confident in the story God has for us. Now, here's a question for you. What would you speak to your younger self? <laughs> right? Yeah. You've um, lived it now. Right. Such a powerful story that you've walked out, China. You know, I have to ask this question because I think this is a really important question because I think when we look back in retrospect, it's where we can learn a lot, right? Yeah. You've walked this out for 16 years. And so is there anything that you would tell your younger self that it is worth the waiting? Yeah, I would definitely tell myself that there's value in the process. There's purpose in the process and in the journey. So much often we want to get to the destination, but it really is the journey. And it's in the journey where fruit is cultivated, where intimacy is cultivated, where character is cultivated and identity. And so there's so much value and purpose in it. And so it's not to despise the process, but actually embrace it. Yes. Isn't that the truth? You know, there's some things and I'm going to throw this back at you. Uh, there's some things in my life that I realize that 20 years of waiting has pulled out of me in the best sense. Yeah. You know, what are some of those highlights even in your life where you're like, that was actually pulled out of me because of waiting. I would have never tapped into that place of God. I would have never tapped into that place of who I am as a woman of God had I not gone through the 20 years of waiting. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I would say definitely knowing my identity, that I am secure in him, Come on. that I don't need a man to dictate my value. I've got my Jesus who dictates my value and my worth. And so in those 20 years, I really definitely felt that he solidified my value, my worth, uh, who I am as a woman, that I am a prize. Like I am a good catch. You are. And um, that also the intimacy. I really feel that in that time of where I was longing for a man, I turned that longing unto Jesus, who is the one who's perfect love, right? And so I feel that it drew me into him on such a deep way. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, I love we're speaking about this because it is that place of intimacy we cultivate with Jesus in the waiting that takes us beyond just, okay, if I can just get through this season. And it takes us instead to a place of, Jesus, I have an opportunity to go even deeper. I have an opportunity to experience you in a way that I've never been able to experience you, right? And not that I love going through hard things or challenging things. I don't. But I also recognize that God takes me to a deeper place and I become different in the best sense when I allow the Lord to do those deep works within me. That's right. Right. So, you know, I think that we have to understand the value of the waiting, which you've certainly walked out and you've lived. But what are some things you would love the Keep It 100 tribe to know in addition, maybe some questions I didn't ask you or just some things you want to share with our people? What are some continued truths and revelations that have really impacted you that have become staples in your journey? Yeah. One big staple for me is staying in a place of surrender and yieldedness to the Lord. A lot 
lot of times we can feel like it's our responsibility to make it happen. We have to do something. But when you are positioned in a place of surrender and yieldedness, you lean into the Lord, you know that He will lead and guide you. And so for me, it took the weight of the responsibility off that my my responsibility is just to stay in a place of connectedness to Him, yielded to Him, and obedience that as He leads, I will follow. And that if He leads me to take a leap of faith in some way, right? A risk, uh, reaching out to someone, maybe whatever that looks like, I know it's Him who has initiated it. So it's safe to take that risk. And I know He will be in the leap with me. Mm. And so there's value in that leap of faith and trust. So staying in that place of yieldedness, obeying Him and staying connected to Him is just so key. I love that. You know, I feel led by Holy Spirit to just even briefly talk about the veiling, the veiling of the waiting. Mm -hmm. Because there is a veiling that happens when you've walked out 16 years, 20 plus years. There's going to be people that have walked it longer than you and I that are listening to this episode. And there is a truth and a principle of being veiled by God. There's a hiddenness and it has nothing to do with your ability to be desired by a man. It has nothing to do with your beauty, has nothing to do with um, anything in the physical. It is a spiritual uh, thing the Lord has done. He's veiled you. I know I experienced that. I know you experienced that. I want to speak to the veiling because I feel like when you understand you've been veiled, you're in a place of hiddenness with God and it's not a curse. You haven't done something wrong, but it's actually an invitation to intimacy. That's right. How how have you embraced the veiling where it hasn't caused a negative narrative in your life? Yeah, I think that's such a great question, Krista. And in the veiling, it's that place of knowing I am covered and protected by him. Like this is actually a gift. It's a gift from him. I am grateful for for the veiling. And you know, just as I prayed that God would keep my eyes only for the man that he has for me, I'm praying that that's the same for my man. And so I don't want the eyes of anyone else but the man that God has for me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so I'm grateful for the veiling and the hiddenness. And it's in that place of the hiddenness of veiling that um, it has made me seek the Lord of, again, identity, intimacy, going deeper, pursuing wholeness, going after freedom, anything that the Lord has shown me. Like it's just been in that, it's been such a sweet place of being tucked away with him. Mm -hmm. So well said. And I think when we lean into the tucking away, we lean into the veiling and we recognize, well, we're not being rejected by people, right? I had had to realize that. That's huge. Right? I'm not being rejected by people. I would, you know, I was automatically put in the friend zone by guys, all those things for years. And I was like, hold up, (laughs) you know, but I, I realized the Lord's like, I have you veiled. Yeah. And I felt the protection of the Lord. I didn't always love it, but I recognized okay. the purpose. I recognized the protection. And I knew that it was in the veiling. If I embraced the veiling, oh, I was going to go to a sweet place with Jesus. Yes. And there's a depth that is cultivated in the veiling. And I feel like some listeners today need to understand that's why you haven't been seen is because the Lord has you veiled, but he has you veiled with purpose. He will unveil you just like he did with me. He's going to do with China. There's an unveiling that takes place. There's certainly an unveiling that took place when God brought Sean to me. Yes. And it was very marked. It was like, whoa, what just happened? And I knew the Lord unveiled me. And all of a sudden I was seen by men. I was seen by people like I had never been seen. And I knew the season had just shifted, right? So I want to encourage those listeners that in the veiling, there is purpose, protection, and an invitation for intimacy that truly is the gateway to a depth with Jesus like no other. Absolutely. You know, so anything else you want to share with our listeners, Gina? Yeah, one of the main keys with walking this out ha- 
has been not to bow to disappointment. Come on. And it's been a, a choice of resiliency to not stay in that place of disappointment. Disappointment is real. Yes. It happens. Yes. So acknowledge it and then process it with the Lord. And I feel like there's probably listeners on here that have walked so through good. disappointment yes. in, in their journey of waiting for their spouse. And I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you to process it with him, release mm-hmm. it to him because he's good and he's faithful and it's okay to acknowledge it, but then it's also okay to release it Amen. and let him take it. I love that because you're right. We absolutely face disappointments, but not to dwell in it. And so many times we take a disappointment to a friend or a loved one and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to say don't talk to people, talk yeah. to people, share your process, but first and foremost, go to Jesus because yes. he's the healer. He's the restorer. And when I go to the Lord with my disappointments, he always changes my perspective of how I see it. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And that change of perspective makes me tell my story to myself a little bit differently. That's right. Right? Which is really huge. Huge. Tina, you're an amazing worship leader. Thank you. You are one of my favorite voices. She has recently released a CD. I want her to tell us how we get a hold of that because I want you all to know it's what I listen to to prep when I'm writing sermons and when I'm on airplanes for hours on end. I have her album on repeat because it has such a weighty presence of God, the Holy Spirit. I just feel it so thick every time I listen to it. So for me, it's such a worship experience of abiding in the presence of the Lord. That's right. right. You know, so I want you to just speak to this project and then tell us how we can get it. Yeah. And this project, this was an absolute dream come true. And this also was something I was in the wait for. And I just trusted the Lord to write the story with that and how that unfolded. And it was a suddenly of God. He's like, now is the time to release your voice and everything fell into place. And it was just beautiful. So um, I'm so grateful for that. And it it, it just released uh, back in July. So it's on all digital platforms. You can find it on Amazon, Spotify, Pandora, iTunes. And you can go to my website, www.worshipwithchina.com. And uh, to find it on iTunes or Spotify, if you type in Chena, C-H-E-E-N-A, and then the album is called Undone. So go ahead and type in Undone as well, and you'll find it. It'll pop up. Chena, thank you for sharing your heart, your wisdom, the personal aspects of your journey, because I believe that's going to bless so many listeners, because I believe everything we walk through is to be able to pour out to another generation, to pour out to people in hopes to encourage them, because we want to fuel people in their journey of singleness, because I believe God wants us to walk with hope every single day. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor. Awesome. I love Chena. You know, as I shared in the interview, we've known each other for so many years, and just watching her walk out her story, and I wanted our Keep It 100 tribe to hear her story, because they've heard my story. But here's Chena in her early 40s, and she's still single, still believing, and I recognize it's the timing of the Lord. She knows it's the timing of the Lord. And we're just worshiping and praising God until he brings that person and orchestrates it, which God will. But I wanted our Keep It 100 tribe to hear another story of someone waiting. I wanted them to hear someone that has just found a place of gratitude, of worship, of fulfillment, and they're thriving in their singleness. I wanted them to hear someone besides myself, because I think it's so important that there's many stories out there of a lot of people that are thriving and fulfilled because they've given their lives fully to Jesus. You know, Keep It 100 Tribe, we're going to jump right to the Keep It 100 takeaways because we want to give you three keys to going deeper in your waiting. The first takeaway for this week is lay down your Isaac. Now I know we talked about earlier, you know, believing for your Isaac, but what about when that story when Abraham is called to lay down Isaac? He's given the promise, he's given the breakthrough, and yet God says, can I still have it? See, I believe there's a posture of surrender that we never step away from, even when 
when the breakthrough comes, friends, even when the marriage takes place, even on the wedding day, so to speak, even when the family comes, the baby comes, the promotion comes, the financial provision comes, the house comes, the family's restored, the prodigal return home. I believe there's always a posture that has been cultivated in the waiting. And that's a place of posturing ourselves saying, Jesus, you have it all. I trust you with it all. Laying down that the promises never become greater than the one who gives you the promise. And I think that that's so important. Our posture of cultivating a deeper place is, did you know the posture you're cultivating now in the waiting is one in which you'll never shift from? It's not this temporary posture. Sean and I still to this day are living in a place of just constant surrender to Jesus. Lord, just have your way. We want your best. We want your highest. Not taking it into my own hands. At any time, my hands are wide open. I don't have my hands grasped around things. My hands are flat before the Lord and he can take and put in my hands whatever he may at any time because I know he loves me, has his best interest. So I have a posture of just saying, Lord, I trust your timing. I trust your ways and I'm not ever going to put anything before you. See, I think so many times we get so obsessed with the end result. We get so obsessed with the thing we're praying for that when we get it, that we have to keep it at the feet of Jesus. I know that when I first got married to Sean, I was so obsessed with my husband and I still am obsessed. But I remember the Lord just saying, Krista, I've given you this blessing, but keep me number one. So I had to really be intentional because I was so into my husband and that's beautiful and that's amazing and it's a gift. But I recognized I had to continue to keep Jesus as my number one because at the end of the day, he is my anchor point. He's my everything. And as grateful as I am for the blessings and the marriage of my life, Jesus has to remain number one. Wow, that is so powerful. That is like deep truth. You need to get her book. Second takeaway in going deeper in the waiting is that you must intentionally pursue intimacy. So many people mistakenly think of waiting as kind of this thing where you're just kind of on pause. Waiting is not abdicating. Waiting is not about passivity. It's about pursuit. And so when you're waiting, here's the key. Let your roots go down deep. We don't need any more tumbleweed Christians. We need some oaks of righteousness. And how does that happen? That happens because you are connecting with Jesus 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Your connection time with Jesus shouldn't just be in a corporate setting. I think so much of North American Christianity that someone said is a mile wide, but an inch deep. We, we want to get out of the kiddie pool. And in order to do it, your connection time, your pursuit of intimacy can't just be when the full worship team at your church is playing or your young adults group gets together or women's group or men's breakfast. You need to be connecting with Jesus even in your weight. And you do that through your personal worship. You do that through your time in the word. You got to pray the word. And one of the things, and you can go back and listen to our earlier uh, podcast uh, that we've had that's just on the secret place and on the quiet time. And we've had some great people speak to it, but pray the word, read the word, pray the word. And then in the midst of it, keep your heart clean. Just be in a point where you are keeping this short list with God, meaning that when God or the Holy Spirit points out things in your life that aren't right, clean out your heart. One of the ways also that you're able to pursue intimacy is that you got to forgive people, let go of offense. So important that you're forgiving people and walk in a ministry of reconciliation. You you don't wait till you get into a, let's say a relationship to pursue intimacy, because if you wait till then, you're going to be in your rookie season to pull from professional sports. You want to be a veteran in intimacy. So the time, let's say in the context of having a life partner, you've pursued intimacy, you've pursued reconciliation with people so that you've rehearsed it. So now you know how to handle situations of disagreements with people that you're in a relationship. 
but more than anything, pursue intimacy with the Lord. Third and final takeaway of going deeper in the waiting is recognize your failing. Now, what do I mean by that? I talked about it and I touched on it earlier, but that each of us have a hiddenness in the waiting season, meaning there are things you're going to believe for and pray for and contend for, declare, and all of it's God, all of it's good, and all of it's right. But I want you to know there's sometimes where it feels like your prayers are hitting this wall, but they're never hitting a wall. You have to understand there is the timing of the Lord, and that's not to remove the effort of prayer, fasting, and having a posture of believing and continuing. I've certainly continued that posture in areas of my life that I'm still waiting for. But you have to understand what feels like at times you're being overlooked or (laughs) you're not being seen maybe at the workplace or you're not being recognized at a certain thing or there's not a seat for you at a certain table that you want to be sitting at. I want to assure your heart that his protection at times may look like worldly rejection. But in fact, God's actually protecting you. He is holding you in a place where he's saying, this is my consecrated kid that I'm jealous over and I'm not going to let them just sit at any table that doesn't steward or value what they carry or who they are. That God is going to be intentional with the gift in which he's put within you and he's going to put you around people that see you and recognize you. And so many times we want to sit at places and tables and in seats that actually aren't going to value who you are or what you carry. Trust God to open up the right doors at the right time. Don't be seduced by numbers or the bigger the platform, the better. No, no, you want the platform God has for you. You want the promotion God has for you. You want the spouse the Lord is orchestrating. I want to tell you, I'm not saying take a passive approach that you're not a participant in your life. Hardly. I'm, I mean, be a participant. God wants partnership. He created a relationship because he wants you to be a co-labor. I'm not saying like Sean said, advocate your authority or your participation in your life. No, I want you to understand that you have a posture of confidently waiting on God, knowing he's the one that's going to open up the doors and that allow the hiddenness to actually bring a humility and a patience of recognizing God will do it. There was times, you know, I was working in kids ministry. You'll read this in my book and I wasn't loving it. If I'm honest, not because I don't love children. I love children and children are amazing, but I found myself in an opportunity to serve in the house of God in an area that I wasn't excited about simply because I wanted to be where the excitement was. But God was showing me how to serve the house by taking care of a child. And there's sometimes where we're in a servant position in our lives. We're just coming alongside. We're maybe not doing the fun thing or the thing that's maybe exciting or, or, you know, the shiny new thing. It might just be a little bit mundane, but there's a deep character work God wants to do within you in the hiddenness. Do not bypass the maturing process that God is developing within you because all of it is developing within you the character to sustain and even steward the blessing when he does bring it to pass. That right there is just a taste, you guys, of what our book is. Right now, you need to go download this book. You can get it on Amazon. Again, you can go to our website. We've already mentioned it and it'll be listed uh, in the podcast notes. But this book, Singled Out in a Couple's World, that released today, I've read it. I'm not just a a homer. I believe in it. I've read it. I've given a a recommendation of my wife's book. This book is a discipleship piece. I believe it'd be a classic. I'm believing it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. So you want to get this book. So go out and do it right now. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe. You do not want to miss our next episode. We're going to be talking about spiritual hunger and 
spiritual happenings, what God intends to be your superpower, and how it impacts the future. And remember, relief may change your circumstances, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it